Let's have a word of prayer and then catch up to where we're all at, okay? Father, we come to you that you would teach us. Father, it be you who would speak to our hearts. Father, it is you who has to give us ears to hear. Father, I beseech your throne that this night you give us ears to hear. Father, open our hearts that we may see. Strengthen us for the age that we are in. And Father, let us draw into the deep things of God. And Father, may we understand a little more on your plan of redemption as it began 6,000 years ago. And Father, how we draw to you this night. Draw to you with a passion through the true knowledge of Jesus Christ, the true knowledge of you who spoke existence into being, the true knowledge of you who have given us the 66 books that make up your holy Bible. Father, help us. Help us to hear. Help us to hear. Okay, we're going to start in chapter 10, and this is the records of the generations of Shem, Ham, and Jeph. All right? Yeah. And everybody says, why don't you teach the Old Testament? You ever read these people's names? Okay, have you read the names in 11? Go read the names in 11. That hurts your feelings. No wonder they're the original of the generations. But I want to bring us into, into gear because we have a, a, a tendency to start sort of just laying this all out and it becomes just stretching out. What I want you to understand is this is history. This is truth. This is, this is not some stories. And we have just come out of a flood. It was a global flood. It was not isolated. We looked at it in depth last week. Okay, but I want you to understand why was there a global flood? Why did God say, I grieve that I made man? Why did he say things like that? And it's real simple because, um, have you ever read uh, the book of Judges? You see the book of Judges, the the nation of Israel gets into oppression, usually with the Philistines. There were some Amorites and some other things like that. But but, but usually it was the Philistines. They would get under oppression and they would cry to God, help us, help us, help us. And God would send a judge, uh, 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 someone to draw them out of their mess. And then after they were out of the mess, they would go off and do it themselves. You see a a repeated theme in, in Judges that says, and each man was doing what was right in his own eyes and we keep sitting there going boy i tell you what them crazy old jews i just never seen anything like it they just i can't believe it god bless them and then they would turn their back on god and then god would take and, and then it would all come apart at the seams and then they'd say, help me god help me god help me god and then they'd come back again all right you know what that ain't new cain did it cain killed his brother and they decided he'd go out and start a city okay And we all say, well, what's the big deal about that? They were gathering together and they were worshiping in their own manner. And that's how Cain started it. And that's what we do. Listen, 2 Corinthians says, here the Jews are an illustration of what not to do. Guard yourself against that. I look at the church today and say, well, we didn't read that verse, did we? Okay, We, we continue to repeat it. Over and over and over. And that's what you see here now coming out of the flood. Listen, you think about what these people have been through. Noah and his family and his in-laws. Think about what they went through. Have you really thought about that? Conservative numbers, mathematicians and all the rest of it, says at the time of the flood, there were probably 5 billion people on the planet Earth. Okay? We're about 6 billion right now. 
All right, that's, that's, and I don't, you know, mathematicians, I don't ever like math, so, but they sit around and they figured that if each one was reproducing on the cycles that they could reproduce on, that the population of planet Earth was about 5 billion when it flooded. Okay, now think about it. All right, he floods the whole Earth. The whole Earth, please understand it, it wasn't localized. All right, you've got an awful lot of dead carcasses laying around. Okay, take all the animals, you know, them crazy big lizards that everybody says, them didn't exist. Yeah, they did. Dinosaurs, they existed. And if you truly look at it, it's funny about dinosaurs. If you take an animal right now and kill it and go bury it in the ground, how long will it take for it to be a fossil? It won't. It'll rot. It'll go back to dust. How's come? How do you make a fossil? You have to seal it off from all atmospheric changes or it'll rot. Wouldn't a flood do that? A global flood? You know, they've, they've caught animals that were right in the middle of eating. They still had the food in their mouth. How did that happen? They were just really slow. You know, it was a meteor. It was a, you know what? The only thing that can really honestly show the extinction, extinction of what you and I know as dinosaurs is what? Flood. A global cataclysmic wide. The sediment would have what? Covered them instantaneously, right in the middle of eating breakfast, right? And once it covered them, they're sealed, and it would have made a fossil. Okay, because if you kill something and you run out real quick like a bunny and bury it, guess what it does? Because, see, you have to have all the air removed and a lot of pressure. Well, do you know how much pressure there would be on the earth if the water was as high as Mount Everest globally? Okay, you wonder why the continents would have kind of, oh, move over. <laughs> okay, Why? That's how it would have worked. All right, so it's, it's really comical. The other thing is, I'm a firm believer that dinosaurs are not extinct. What? I don't believe that they're extinct. A dinosaur is a reptile. Okay, when does a reptile stop growing? When it dies. That's the only time that they'll stop growing. So I could take a... a what was that lizard you had, Pay An iguana. And if I could keep it from getting... Notice I said she had... I didn't have no lizard. I don't want none with scales that I'm not going to cook on the barbecue. Um, you take an iguana, and if it does not get a disease, how big will it get? It just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, so everybody's going to run, that guy thinks there's dinosaurs. I'll tell you what, you don't kill a lizard or it doesn't die of natural causes. Tell me what size that lizard will get. Okay, just something for us to think about. All right, so we see this, and they come out of, uh, of this 40 days uh, of rain and the aquifers that burst forward. We see all of that happen. Uh, 150 days floating in a box, uh, and then about another 75 days uh, that they could had to get dry ground that they could, I got to get out of this, you know, and all the animals are, can I get out of here? You guys stink. Um, and, and, you know, I remember a guy talking about, no, nah, never mind, we won't use that illustration. <laughs> it wasn't for the storm outside, the stink inside would kill you. But uh, I, I want to look at now what happens 
after man has gone through this. All right, and you see this in the sons of Noah. Okay, and and we see them laid out here. You see the sons of Jephthah, uh, the sons of Ham, the sons of Shem, uh, in chapter ten. Then you'll see what happens with the called the Tower of Babel, and then we'll look at the descendants of Shem one more time uh, as we get near the end of chapter eleven. So I just want to look at this, and it shows these sons, verse one. This is the records of the generations of Noah's children. Okay, These were the children that were born after the flood. Now listen, these kids are going to get firsthand experience and in, in, in telling of what has happened. All right? And the sons, he lives them out here of the sons of Jeff um, were Gomer, Magog. Does Magog sound familiar? Okay, Gog and Magog are the ones who are going to rise up out of the northeast and come against Israel. All right. Um, <clears throat> Madi, Java, it just goes through. You read them. Okay. The sons of Gomer, uh, he lists out there. The sons of Jeb, you were lifted out there. And these were the, uh, uh, from these, verse 5 says, they are of the coastline of the nations which separated their lands and every one according to his own language, according to their own family, to their own nation. Now, I want you to understand who these people are. Okay, because we read that and it says, who in the heck are these people? All right, this would be the Syrians. Syrian. Syrians and Assyrians are the same people. Okay? The Syrians, it would be the Medes. All right? Um, the lower area of the Slavs, um, Kakistan, Uzbekistan. Okay, that's Gog and Magog. Turkey and the Greeks all came out of that line. All right? Now listen, this is all after the flood. All right. Then the next generation that we see there is are the sons of Ham. Okay. And we've seen Ham had a little problem. Um, and, and, and I dealt with this. I'll just kind of touch on it quickly. Uh, he had gone into his tent. And he found old dad Noah had gotten his vine out and had drank some fermented grapes and had copped a big buzz and, and had either passed out naked, probably passed out naked, you know, was laying around um, just getting a little you know if you've been cooped up in a big old box with a bunch of animals for a year uh probably a good bottle of wine would probably ride up your line and just and and his son ham went in and saw him naked and that was shameful that was shameful okay remember in the garden you'll have the knowledge of good and evil all right and the first realization that adam and eve had was you're naked all right, so you can go all the way back there and say that it ain't good, it ain't good. All right, and that's just some of the stuff that we have to pay attention to. This ain't right. Why? That's the way God designed it. All right, so Ham had seen his father. His father put a curse on him. I find it funny. He put it on the Canaanites. He did not put it on Hamites. Okay, so the sons of Ham were Cush, Mizraim. Put and Canaan. Okay, those were his kids. So he basically took one line of his kids and says, you're going to be cursed. All right. Um, I want you to understand the line of Ham. The line of Ham, you're going to see throughout the Old Testament. It never goes away. 
You're not, you're going to, you're not going to hear a lot about the Syrians. Uh, they're going to be used to persecute. You're going to see some of the stuff of the Medes, but you're always going to see the line of Ham. You know why? That's where the Canaanites came from. That's where the Amorites came from. That's where the Philistines came from. That's where the Hittites came from and the Egyptians came from. All right. And, and I share that with you because you're going to see the line of Ham be an enemy to Israel to this day. To this day. Okay. Now, the Canaanites are extinct. They were obliterated. Okay. But the rest of them are still around in one form or another. And their, their biggest problem is this. Idolatry. They are the ones who keep dragging Israel back in idolatry. It's the line of Ham. Over and over and over again, he keeps bringing them back in to, 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 to idolatry. Uh, and, and I see that. You see that in verses um, 6 through 20. And it, said, and it includes this. It says, And these are the sons of Ham according to their families, according to their languages, by their lands and by their nations. All right? You see all of them in there, and they're spread about, and they're going to be in that fertile crescent area. Um, the Canaanites, you're going to know a great Canaanite. Um, you're going to know some Philistines. Uh, but they're all going to come out of the line of Ham. All right? Then you have Shem. Okay, Shem is verses 21 through 32, 21 through 32. And uh, if you see right there in verse 21, it says the father of all the children of Eber. Okay, pay attention to that person. All right, that's where the Israelites come from. Okay, you know what's funny about that? Well, it's not funny, it's tragic. All right, we think about Cain and Abel, right? And how Cain killed his brother Abel. All right? And you'll hear this phrase tossed around. We hear it today. They're anti-Semitic. Uh, when Mel Gibson got arrested, he was making anti-Semitic remarks. All right? You know what's amazing about that? The Palestinians are Semitic. The Arabs are Semitic. The Persians are Semitic, and so are the Babylonians are Semitic, okay? And Eber is the father of the Hebrews, all right? So when you look at the Jew or the Palestinian or the Arabs, you know what's amazing? They're all blood relatives. Did you hear what I said? They're blood relatives. They're blood relatives. The covenants are different. Okay, and we'll look at that. We're going to, and next week, we're going to jump right into the father of the Jews, who was a Canaanite. You know what that is, right? That's a Gentile. The father of the Jews is a Canaanite, Abram. All right? And, and he actually lived up uh, in the area uh, that you would know as Iraq. Right on the corner of Syria and, uh, and Iraq. That's where he was from. Ur. Ur of the Chaldeans. All right? I, I share this with you because 
when I see that the Arabs came out of Shem, um, I see that the Babylonians came out of sin, the Persians came out of sin, but I also saw that the Jews came out of Shem. All right? And what I want you to see is right there in just chapter 10, you have all the nations of the planet Earth have started. And they're all going to fall out of those three kids. All right, And they all have a thing. And if you go through society today and go through um, archaeology and sociology of, of ancient civilizations, it's really funny because they all had a cataclysmic flood. Every one of them do. Do you know the Native Americans believed that there was a cataclysmic flood that drowned the whole world? Native Americans. That would be them Indians. Did you know that? I wonder where they got that idea from. The Assyrians believed that there was a cataclysmic event. The Greeks believed that there was, uh, um, they had multiple gods and they all got mad at each other and they flooded the whole planet. Why do all civilizations have this mentality that says at some point in the past there was this great flood? Because their ancestors rode the boat out of it. That's fascinating to me because, you know, we call this a story. Do you know the story about Noah and the ark? All right, but I want you to see what happens now as they've come out of the boat. God, remember they come out, they build an altar, they give God the glory, right? Gave God the glory. All right, God says, go forth, multiply Subdue the earth. So they take off. All right. And they start cruising around. Chapter 11, verse 1 says, Now the whole earth used the same language and the same words. That makes sense. Right? I mean, started with three brothers. It seems, and you know, dad's, I'm going to teach you Ethiopian. No, dad doesn't do that. Okay, and it came about as they journeyed east, all right? So they got out of the boat. They landed on Mount Ararat, okay, which is in Turkey. They landed there and they started moving east, okay? East would have been toward the Tigris-Euphrates River, all right? That had been moving toward what would be known today as ancient Babylon, okay? Um, Saddam Hussein had believed that once he got done with Gulf War I, that he would rebuild ancient Babylon. And he actually said that he believed that he was uh, the re, um, reincarnation of Nebuchadnezzar. And I thought, you might want to read that story because <laughs> that didn't have like a good ending in it. <laughs> and, you know, that thing out eating grass and growing hair on your back and weird things like that. Um, and, you know... If you're going to claim somebody, claim somebody that sort of had a little better ending. Um, anyway, they all had the same name. They traveled east and they found the plain in the land of Shinar and they settled there. Okay, that would be Iraq, as you know it. Okay, it'd be where the Tigris and Euphrates is. There's a great plain between the two of them before they draw together and they would have drawn down there now they had the same language here's what they said they said one another come let us make bricks okay burn them thoroughly that means to make them hard all right and we'll use the brick for stone and we'll use the tar for mortar and they said come let us build for ourselves what a city 
a city. All right. Where did we see this before? Cain did it. Cain did it. All right. And what did it get? Heartache. All right. Come, let us build for ourselves a city and a tower whose top will reach into heaven and let us make for ourselves a name. Right there's the key to this. Okay, listen, they don't really believe that they can build a tower to reach to heaven, but they want to make an edifice that says, look at what we've done. We will what? Make a name for ourselves. All right, do you see that? Do you understand that? What happens today? Man still does it. Let me show you what I can do. All right? And, and I mean, it can be anything from the world's tallest building to, I mean, we name highways after presidents and governors and mayors. And, and we've got this thing here and we've got this thing here that's named after this politician or this leader or whatever. Why? I want to be a, make a name for myself. Why? It's egos. It's egos. Nothing's changed. What did Cain do? Why did God reject Cain's offering? Because it was not a sacrifice for Cain. And God does not share his glory. I don't understand why we, we are still in this mentality. We still cruise around thinking that we are something. Well, I was created in God's image. No, you weren't. Sorry. Adam was. You were created in Adam's image. All right? Do you? Yeah, you have resemblances. God created you. You're man. But the truth of the matter is, we want to exalt ourselves. You've got a group that just walks right out of the ark, and what are they doing? What capability did Noah and his three sons have to save themselves? Had not God intervened. Remember, who closed the door on the ark? God did. God closed the door on the ark. God is the one who said, you're going to need to build a boat. And you need to go to get about 120 years to get her done. And if you don't get it done, how long can you tread water? Okay, do you see what I'm trying to get at? And I watch people over and over again say, look at what I bring to the table. You don't bring anything. You do not bring a thing. You have nothing to offer God. That is by His grace you have been saved. Do you understand that? We really must grab that because the the phenomenon that you and I deal with and you and I see on a regular basis has not changed. It started with Cain and it's cooking right along today. That's what I hope that we see because they said, look, we're going to build this. Why? We will make a name for ourselves. All right? Ah, it is the arrogance of man. We had the same languages. We wanted fame and abilities. Look at what we can do. Here's what the Lord says. Yahweh came down to the city to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. 
right? And the Yahweh said, behold, they are one people. They have same language. And this is what they began to do. And now there's nothing they propose to do that's impossible for them. Now listen, that isn't, God isn't saying that these people are, yeah, you know, I can't do anything about these people. That's not what he's saying. He's saying they're all going to put their heads together, they're all going to communicate, and they're all going to think more highly of themselves than they ought to. And that's what they did. Okay? We'll find out uh, at the end uh, that Nimrod is, is the culprit behind this. I mean, who, anybody here named their kid Nimrod? Okay, that's like, I wanted you to meet my two sons, Lucifer and Nimrod, okay, and their little sister Jezebel. Okay, yet the name Nimrod means one who is a great hunter for the Lord. But why don't we want to be called Nimrod? Why does it have a bad connotation to it? He was a great leader. Let's... Look at our text. Come, let us go down there. Okay, the word us there is Elohim. Uh, Elohim, El, okay, is God. Him is plural. All right? We've already seen that. You can, all, you, you, you can chase that all the way back. Uh, we've already looked at it where it says God. The gods want to do something. All right? And we, I want you to pay attention to that because it is the first speakings that we have of what is called the triune God, the the Trinity. Listen, I can't explain the Trinity to you. It's God the Father, God the Son. They're absolutely one, and yet there's three separate entities. And and if you use all the silly illustrations that are out there, they're just silly illustrations. That's all they are. Okay, God had a plan fulfilled in Jesus Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit. Okay, well, it's like water. No, it ain't. It ain't nothing like water. Because water can't be all three at once. I heard a guy use it. It's like an egg. You got the shell, the white, and the yolk. Not at the same time. Well, maybe if you bust up the shell and fried an egg with the shell still in it. But I don't, yeah. All right. And I've heard all kinds of illustrations. I can't explain it to you. The three are one. Okay. You cannot separate them, and yet they are separate. Right, so it's you can see it all the way back. It's actually in chapter two, verse nine, but you also see it uh, here in chapter eleven. Let us go down. Let us go see what's going on. They have the same language. Come, let us go down and let us confuse their language. Now I like that word. The word "confuse" there. You know what the word is in the Hebrew? Babel. That's why they call it the Tower of. Yiddish, no. <laughs> it's the tower of confusion. Okay. Now the Babylonians will tell you, which would be the Iraqis, they'll tell you it means the gate to the Lord. Why? What's their language say it is? It's gate to the Lord. Okay. The Hebrew says it is confusion. Which is it? Same word in both languages. What's confusion? Confusion. Why? God says, I'm going to confuse the languages. Here's, there's a couple of different reasons for this. One is, he said, go out, scatter on the earth. And they stopped and decided to build a city. And he says, no, scatter. 
And so right there you have this uh, disobedience to what God has told you to do. He said, go out, scatter. And they said, no, we're all going to hang out here on this great plains. We'll build a city. That's disobedience. The other thing is, they're going to worship God. They're going to make a name for themselves. Look, I'm going to worship God how? On this tower? On this tower? Look what he says. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there all over the face of the whole earth. And they stopped building the city. (laughs) Yeah, try it. Get a whole bunch of... Well, I guess you ain't never done this. Um, I used to be in the trades. I used to build houses. And there are certain trades that you don't have to speak Spanish with. Okay, if you go to drywallers, you don't have to speak Spanish, hang the rock up, and they'll, they'll know how to do it. But you know what? I was an electrician, too. And you had better be able to communicate as an electrician. If not, somebody's going to look really stupid. Okay, um, and, and, you know, electricity only moves at the speed of light, so you need to talk fast. All right, you don't need an interpreter. All right, so there's certain trades that you get involved in that you have to be able to communicate, or you ain't, you, something's going to go wrong. All right, you're going to build a tower, a big, tall edifice to God in, in, in your image, to your glory, to worship God your way. And God says, not if you can't communicate to each other. Okay, you know what is amazing? You can take any civilization's religious background. I don't care if it's ISIS in um, Egypt or Athena to the Greeks, okay, or take Zeus to the Romans. Do you know they all have a blending that looks like God Jehovah? Every one of them. Do you know that the American Indian believes that a Messiah will come? That's not the term they use. They call it an anointed of God in the form of a white buffalo. Where did that come from? I can tell you where it came from. Babel. Babel. They all have bits and pieces of true scripture in it. The Egyptians do, the Assyrians do, the Persians do, the Medes do, the Greeks do, the Romans do. They all do. Okay, you can even take the the Hindu and and the, the Far Eastern. They all have little bits and pieces of it, but they've all been modified for what man can do. That's religion. That's what God, man does. Man says, hey, here's a little bit of God and let's make him worship this way. Okay? Did you know that the mullahs who are in the Sunni line of Islam burn incense the same as the Hindus burn incense, as the Egyptians burn incense, as the Shiites burn incense, as the Russian Orthodox burn incense, as the Roman Orthodox burn incense? Why? Do you know that there are prayer beads in Islam? There are prayer beads in Hindu? There are prayer beads in Catholicism? How's come? Because they all have the same root. They all have the same root. There isn't. We're going to see it. He says there's nothing new under the sun. Why? It all started in the same place. 
And you just take it and we modify it. We make it fit us. I hear it today in the church. They'll call me up and say, do you have a contemporary worship? Or do you have a blended worship? Or do you have a traditional worship? Really? And I said, no, we have a living sacrifice worship. That's what Romans 12, 1 and 2 says I'm supposed to do. Okay, we go out and we, we get living animals and kill them. No, just kidding, just kidding. All right. But it, it all comes out of the same line. Nothing new under the sun. So the Lord scattered them abroad from over the face of the whole earth, and they stopped building that city. Therefore, its name was called Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the whole earth. Do you see why he did that? Why? You can't get together. You won't be able to. You're going to actually, what happened is man's unity was broken. Okay, because man was wanting to exalt himself above God. What got Lucifer kicked out of heaven? He wanted to be like God. All right, and guess what? Man was returning the favor. You've heard this little saying, haven't you? God created man in his own image, and man returned the favor. We've created God in our own image. We want him to be this thing that we can grasp. I can't grasp it. I still ain't figured out how it's come. He speaks things into existence. All right. So when you see there the, the Tower of Babel, understand that that is the root of what you will know and we will look at in the future, these weeks to come, years to come, of Babylon. That's where it started. And then if you go to the book of Revelations, you're going to see what? Babylon the harlot. And it comes out in two pictures. One is Babylon the harlot, some kind of economic system. And the other one is Babylon the harlot, a religious system. So it basically goes full circle. It started in Babylon where man corrupted his worship. And it will conclude in Babylon where God will condemn it. Okay? All right. I'll never forget when uh, we rolled into uh, Baghdad and we had basically secured the country uh, three or four years ago. Um, you know, we still have a lot of things going on over there, but all the rest of it. I remember one of the talk show radio guys was on there. Guy's not a believer, secular radio. He's talking. He says, well, America, you now have Babylon. What will you do next? And I thought, there's an interesting insight into that. Because we're wanting to put an economic system in there that is similar to ours. Capitalism. And capitalism feeds the flesh. It's what it's designed for. It, it motivates people. And I thought that's fascinating. Anyway, now let's look at chapter 11, verses 10 through 26. This is the records of Shem. Okay, now, why are we looking at Shem? Okay, Shem is the line there that you see in the Fertile, fertile Crescent. Okay, uh, Shem is the line that Abraham comes out of. All right? <coughs> the records of the generations of Shem. Shem was 100 years old. I just cannot imagine being 100 years old and having children. Okay, and he became the father of, I'll let you say it, two years after the flood. Okay? So he's 100 years old after 
the flood. And Shib lived 500 years and became the father of Archibald. <laughs> okay? And he had other sons and daughters. Okay? Archibald. <laughs> I'm not going to say that anymore. They were recording this. Okay, he lived 403 years, and after that he became the father of Shelah, and he had sons and daughters. Shelah lived 30 years and became the father of uh, Eber, or Eber, depending on how you want to pronounce it. That is the father of the Jews, the Hebrew people. Okay? Shelah lived 400 years and three years, 403 years after he became the father of Eber, and he had sons and daughters. Eber lived 34 years and became the father of Peleg. Okay, and Eber lived 430 years and became the father of Peleg, and he had sons and daughters. Peleg lived 30 years and became the father of Ru, and Peleg lived 209 years after he became the father of Ru, and he had other sons and daughters. Ru lived 32 years and became the father of Sirug, and Ru lived 207 years after he became the father of Sirug, and he had sons and daughters. Okay, why are they giving us all this? It's really very simple. The detail is there to show you the accuracy of what you're looking at. Very simple. Okay, out of this, you're going to get all the lines that are still fighting today. The Philistines are going to come out of the, of the Phoenicians. Okay, uh, you're going to see the Palestinians come out, and they'll be of the light of the Edomites. It all comes out of the same. It's all right there. That's why when I, I, I hear somebody say that's an anti-Semitic statement, the first thing you think of is that they're putting down a Jew. No, they're putting down the line of Shem. Okay, an anti-Semitic uh, anti statement would be against the Arabs, the Persians, the Palestinians, the Jews, the Iraqis. They're all in that. They're all in that. And the reason that they fight is because God said, you're going to fight. And guess what? God was right. You just look at it. He's laying the foundation stones and he says, here it is. And I want to just go through this because he says, um, these kids, Nahor lived another 29 years and became the father of who? Terah. Okay, who is that? That's Abraham's father. That's Abraham's father. And he's a Canaanite. Terah lived 70 years old and he became the father of Abram, Nahor, and Haram. Okay, that's Lot's father. Okay, remember Lot, right? He's got the salty wife. All right. So you see that right out of the flood, what does man do? Noah builds an altar and says, Thank you, God. You receive all the glory. You saved us. You saved us. And yet, Noah's children do what? Worship God in their own way. Noah's children. Noah's children came through the flood. They saw 
the hand of God in mercy and grace. And what was their response? Let's make a name for ourselves. Okay. Next week we move into Abraham. Abram is where he starts. So Noah's relatives and the tower lay the foundation to what exists to us today. All right, but I want to show you, and I want you to always grab a hold of this. When you think about the Tower of Babel, think about every religious system that exists on the planet came out of it. Okay, when you think about the survivors of Noah and his ark, understand that every line of humanity came out of that. What exists on this planet today in the social atmosphere and what exists on this planet today in the religious atmosphere all came out of Noah and Noah's three sons. And it can all be traced back to that very line. Every piece of it. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for being so specific in recording your history. Lord, you're so awesome. Father, you are down to the jot and the tittle. Um, I'm overwhelmed by it. And yet, Father, I just give you the praise for the amazing things you do. Father, thank you that you've shown us that man really hasn't changed much. Father, he goes to a place of weakness and he cries out to you. And when he can stand up, he shuns you. Father, may we be as... The writer of Proverbs says, Father, never give us too much that we turn our back on you. But Father, never give us too little that we would steal and shame you. Help us, Lord, to walk in a manner worthy of your high calling. In Christ, amen.